Okay, cool. Welcome, Heath, Lisa Hetzloff and Holly to Smoothie Conversations. Well, thank you. Thank you for having us. And this smoothie is really good. It is pretty good. It's uh, one of my Earth Bar favorites. Very simple. Banana, strawberry, almond milk. Yeah. Like to keep it clean. Yeah. Um, Lisa invited me and Holly into her beautiful home in Laurel Canyon. So this is very relaxing and lovely to just here right now so thank you you're welcome um we were so excited to have you participate in this project because you are in the business of feeling right and we are both highly empathetic people and you have this wonderful organization called children mending hearts which promotes um empathy through artistic expression correct yes how did that come about um well it was a little over 10 years ago that I, um, my husband's career sort of took off in the entertainment industry and I wanted to go back to school. So I went back to school to study child development because I was originally a film producer. Mm -hmm. And um, I just thought, wouldn't it be great if I could start an organization where I taught children empathy? Mm -hmm. And so the first, um, sort of workshop we did. I did a lot of traveling because I wanted to really reach out and see children all over the world. Um, so I traveled to Chad, Darfur, um, um, Congo a few times, Haiti, um, and really wanted to sort of have kids make things for each other. So it sort of started, sort of started off as a uh, an exchange mm -hmm. and it was really about teaching kids here that even if they live in a shelter or if they are homeless or whatever their situation is there's someone in the world who has it worse than they did so then it evolved to this real need um, all over the country from all these different organizations that were looking for an after-school curriculum and we had one and it was teaching empathy through the arts and then sort of how it evolved to teaching um, anti-bullying was that we noticed that bullying was becoming an epidemic mm -hmm. in schools. We noticed that um, one out of every four kids was being bullied. We noticed that the teen suicide rate was becoming an epidemic. And we noticed that kids were taking their own lives at young and younger and younger ages. I mean, I, a couple of months ago, we spoke to a family and their child was 10 and um, was really proud to go back to school because he had realized that he was gay and he wanted to come out of the closet. And he did, and four days later he killed himself. So um, we really, uh, through teaching empathy in our after-school programs, stress anti-bullying. And it we teach it in a way in which they don't even know that they're learning. So I call it accidental learning. Mm -hmm. um, and what we've seen in, um, in all the schools that we provide after school programming for is that bullying has gone down substantially. These kids are actually coming to school. Um, attendance is up. Um, and they're really starting to care more about their peers and they're thinking twice. Mm -hmm. And so we know that it works. Um, and so that's really what it's about. It's about teaching kids to have empathy for other children. 
What are the, in your opinion, the biggest reasons kids don't have that? Do you feel like it is technology and social media or? I feel, I feel like part of it is social media. I feel like kids, you know, when I was growing up, we had to actually talk to each other on the phone and in person. And I think, you know, n now you can sort of hide behind a computer and a phone and be someone that you're maybe not. And so you don't sort of have all that human interaction. Um, and I think that it's easier probably as a kid when you're still, you know, your brain is still growing and you're still, you know, your executive functioning is still growing. I think it's easier for a kid to be able to be mean to another kid hiding mm -hmm. behind a keyboard. Um, and I also think it's, you know, you know, um, what's going on in our country. I feel like in the last few years there's been a lot of hate and vitriol and not enough empathy and love and compassion. There are such important foundational um, values that I hold close to my heart as a human. So like hearing you say everything that you're doing, I'm just like, oh my God, this is incredible. Yeah. Um, are you gonna say something? So you're teaching kids empathy through art? Yes, really so we'll have a photography class and we will hide sort of empathetic lessons Cool. In, the, in the class or jewelry making or anime um, and we will keep hitting home that sort of empathy piece without yeah. them even knowing it. Do a lot of role playing mm -hmm. um, and really let them sort of age appropriately walk in each other's shoes mm -hmm. and, um, and so you know, if you ask our kids, like, what do I learn in my children winning hearts workshop, they're going to say they've learned to be more empathetic, but they're not going to really know how they've gotten there. Right. <laughs> and would you say that's from, basically, you're building a community and a class and giving kids an area where there is no competition? Yes. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. And um, and really concentrating now, mm -hmm. although we do have high school curriculum, and lower school, um, but really focusing on that middle school age yeah. where that you know sort of next developmental phase, you know, hits and you're a kid and you're about to shift and you're about to go one way or the other and yeah. we want to get them right before they shift to build that foundation to build that foundation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's our focus because that's where we feel like we make the most difference. But you know. We're hoping in the next, you know, five to ten years, Children Running Hearts is, you know, we're we're teaching kindergarten, mm. you know, kindergartners empathy. Yeah. Um, you know, you can put kindergarten kids in the circle and put a little baby in down in the middle of the circle and let them start playing with the, you know, and they start to care and love and nurture and right. you see it sort of coming out mm -hmm. and. Um, so that's kind of our goal and our dream. We didn't know we would make it 10 years. We didn't know we would, you know, become this sort of, this big organization, mm -hmm. yeah. um, which is still very grassroots. We mm -hmm. have very few employees. Um, we have very low overhead. We want, um, you know, my salary for the last 10 years has been a dollar a year. Um, we want all of our all of our donations to go directly into our programs. Mm -hmm.
And are you just in the Los Angeles area or? We are, um, well, we do certain workshops. We've done workshops with homeless kids in New York. We've done workshops uh, in Las Vegas. Um, Our after-school curriculum that sort of happens every day is predominantly in Los Angeles, but we are expanding. We're expanding to San Francisco. We're expanding to Texas. We're expanding to New York. Um, Because it's a curriculum that is uh, very turnkey. So we can just basically give them a toolbox and say, this is how you teach it. Mm -hmm. And um, so we do one of two things. Either if there's an organization, say Boys Boys and Girls Club, um, which doesn't have the funds, we will come in and hire the teacher and do all the training and bring the snacks and take care of everything. If it's an organization that is a great organization that just needs a, a, a curriculum, we'll provide that as well. And so we, you know, we sort of handle sort of both ends of the spectrum. Um, but you know, our whole goal, like I've always said to my employees, like I don't need my name on a door. I want to partner with organizations that, you know have been around for many years that are mm-hmm. very successful in uh, LAUSD or other school systems um, and help them because I feel like the, you know, sort of the way to change is to partner. Mm-hmm. And we may get less donor dollars, but in the end, the change is greater, you know, because I'm not interested in Band-Aids. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of organizations sadly are because then they continue to get more donor dollars because they're just continuing to put a band-aid on it. Mm-hmm. Whereas our goal is to continue to partner with other organizations and get the job done. Yeah. So what made you decide to do it through an artistic standpoint? Um, I've always been very creative. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I've always, that's always sort of how my brain works. Um, I am the worst artist in the world, but I can get very creative with kids very quickly. And I've always, um, felt like when you try to teach a child something, mm-hmm. they're slightly resistant. When they're having fun and they're having a great time, they buy in quicker and they don't even know that they're learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if I had my way, our whole education system would be one big art mashup. You like, know, I'd rap math. Yeah. I'd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know. Music and science, like I think the whole thing for me would be a big mashup if I had my dream. And it truly is. I mean, if you start to really break it down, I'm dyslexic and I went to a Montessori school when I was in third grade. So am I. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So like our brains are typically more creative than other people. But I am a firm believer that creativity is in every single one of us. And I've had discussions with people about art over the years. I guess I'll go back to this. My Montessori class in third grade was all art-based. Right. And it was the only way, if I didn't have that class, I wouldn't be able to read or write. Right. There's no way. Yeah. You know, like the way that she took the time with me um, and found that I learned best an artistic standpoint and changed my curriculum to match that. I don't know what I would have done without it. But the arts are slowly being pulled out of our school system. Yes. Which is incredibly sad. Um, yes. And going to be detrimental if that yeah. does happen. And so what you're doing now, you move middle schoolers, is so important. Yeah. On the on the point of empathy and teaching kids to be kind to one another and to listen and to be present. 
But on top of that, you're giving them something that a lot of kids don't get to have yeah. and allowing them to see that they are creative even if they're not quote unquote talented yeah. at art. They're tapping into a side of their brain that doesn't get turned on very often. Yeah, I mean, if you ask someone, you know, what was that one experience, what was that collection of experiences in your life that made you who you are? Very few people have ever said to me it was my calculus class. Right. <laughs> Truly. It, it's some it's something, you know, creative yep. or a group of or or someone creative who touched your life or some thing. Um and yes, and, and sadly arts programs are being cut mm-hmm. dramatically. So that's where we come in and, and that's where we provide that after school program. And we all, we also do in school programming. Where we teach empathy class, um, and you know, so I think it's it's so important because I think you know we're really helping kids, especially with the bullying, the way you know, just how sad these statistics. I can never say that word. <laughs> I should never say it. I never should say it because I never can say it. I mean, I and I know in my mind how to say it. But you did great. You know, sadly, it's growing, and um, and what's going on? It's just you know, it's kind of uh, heartbreaking to watch. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's why I sort of feel like we are now in the zeitgeist. Because when I told people ten years ago I'm going to start an organization and I'm going to teach every child empathy, they said you're crazy. And now it's like, thank God, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Thank God. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. So I mean, it's been definitely. I think this, especially this, the last two years, we've really hit our stride, and mm-hmm. people get it, and our messaging has become clear, and people understand it. So it just really is as important as food and water, and mm-hmm. you know, your basic necessities. It's your mind. Mm-hmm. Truly. No, I think that's so important, and I think that's what we're trying to do within our own voice with this project is when we started it, it was to redefine our role models in society. Yeah. And our belief is that the old version of a role model was somebody, you know, hustling so hard in the pursuit of success that it was just like, I'm going to stomp on people or like do whatever I can to get there, where we're trying to highlight women who feel big emotions, whether that is joy or happiness, but also the sadness and the grief, and then to work through them. Yeah. Um, do you personally have role models in your life, or has there been somebody that you've looked up to throughout this process, or that's inspired you? I've many, mm-hmm. um, but I would say the one um, person who really shaped my life in terms of empathy was my grandmother because my mother was a very young mother. She left me to go to college um, and I was raised my formative years by my grandmother and I can remember so many things but one I remember is you know on Christmas Eve I just wanted to be under by the Christmas tree like eating and getting excited about opening presents and no, I mean, she made me get in her pea green <laughs> station wagon and we drove to Sears and we bought as many TV sets as we could fit into that station wagon 
and we drove them around to people in need, and we gave out Christmas presents and TV sets, and I, we did that every year. And I can remember, you know, because I, I grew up on a plantation, I remember people would come to the back door and they would be hungry, and she would always have a plate for them. And, you know, she instilled empathy in me at a very young age, probably four or five, that, you know, what's over there is more important than what's over there, over here, and it's so important to give back. And, you know, you may not like this on Christmas Eve, what you're doing right now, but one day you're gonna thank me. And that's kind of who she was. She really was that kind of a hero to me. And, um, you know, I'll, you know, she, I, I mean, she thanked God for my grandmother because mm -hmm. that's where it all started. And led by example, didn't just, Le yeah. Kids live what they see. Yeah, and, truly. You know, oh, and so, um, you can talk a good game, but they're, they, you know, like my kids have grown up with children winning hearts, mm -hmm. and they've grown up volunteering, and they've grown up giving back, and they've grown up, you know, see me struggle, um, and work my ass off to keep it going, going, and so as a result, my kids are, my kids don't bully, my kids are kind, they're empathetic, they're compassionate, they're full of love, because they, you know, have seen me giving my heart to others. So that's, you know, just who they are, mm -hmm. you know. And you instilled that in them. Instilled that in them by living my, by living my life mm -hmm. that way. And they had no choice but to come on the journey with me. Mm -hmm. So um, that was my gift to them. How old are they? They are 23 and 16. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah. They're both pretty amazing kids. Are they both here in LA? They're or both here in LA. They're both adopted. Okay. Um, and they're just incredible young women, and I'm so proud of them, and so like honored that they chose me to be their mom. I love that. <laughs> and go you for like being that person in their life. Yeah. Like, it's just special. Like a mother-daughter relationship is yeah, really special. Yeah. They're really pretty amazing like they teach me every day I love that <laughs> so how does it feel to um, be a role model for the kids that you work with um I really don't think of myself as a role model sure. I just I I have a connection with kids yeah and um if you ask me honestly, I'm not gonna lie to you. I would rather hang out with kids than adults. I just have yeah, fun. Yeah, I would do. Yeah. You know, I just have fun and I have a connection with them, so I don't really look at you know, think oh I'm a role model. I have to do this or this. You know, I just I just love them and I love their energy and I'm quite selfishly I learned so much from them mm. that you know. I'm getting as much as I'm giving. Mm -hmm. yeah. What is the most important or special thing that you have learned from these kids? Um, if you had to pick one. Or maybe not pick one. Pick a few. Pick five. <laughs> kids are born kind. Yeah. And they're born empathetic and they're born resi resilient, and they're born with big hearts. And 
I do believe there's a lot to nature versus nurture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know I'm going to cry because I can't. I've been telling the story for like 12 years, and every time I tell it, I cry. But I'll try not to. No, I cry. Was in, um, <laughs> I was trying to figure out children mending hearts, and I was in a refugee camp. There were 24,000 kids, 24,000 people in the camp, and uh, 14,000 kids. And I was teaching a workshop, and it was like 115 degrees inside the tent. And we were making kites, and we were going to have a kite festival, and then we were also going to have them make kites to bring back to at-risk kids here. And I remember this little boy kept trying to cut a hole through my tent, and the 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 you know, sort of the way that they controlled the kids in the camps was they would, like, do these bull whips, you know. They would just constantly, like, be hitting these bull whips, and this kid kept trying to cut into my tent, and he would get in, and they would just pick him up and just throw him out. And, and I was like, who is that kid? And they said, you know, basically through my interpreter, they're like, don't pay any attention to him. He's you know, basically special needs, and, you know, he hasn't spoken in a few years, and he's a big troublemaker, and he was probably 12 or 13 years old, and I was like, find him, and they're like, really? There's 14,000 kids here, and I'm like, find him, so I brought him into the tent when they found him, and I had him draw a picture, and he drew a picture of his father being murdered, um, and he had never held a crayon or a pencil before. And his father was tied um, with a rope and he was, he was being drugged by a horse. And I still have the picture somewhere. And um, it just ripped me apart. But just to have him be able to draw that picture and express himself, he started talking. And he told me he wanted to be a doctor. And I was just like, okay, big lesson. Never, ever, ever give up on any child, ever. Um, but I would say he's the one of many, of hundreds, mm-hmm. if not thousands, that touched my heart mm-hmm. and really taught me a big lesson about judgment. Mm-hmm. Every child deserves a voice. Every child. His story is particularly unfortunate because he was facing trauma that nobody would take the time to listen to, and he did. And the work that you're doing, I'm going to curse, excuse me. Yeah. (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Um, I've got two little nephews. Mm. Um, Their mother's from Cameroon, and they go back often. Um, and they visit her tribe there. And she was raised very differently. Um, but I, every time I go home to them, I pray that they learn empathy. Or mm-hmm. they continue to hold on to their empathy as yeah. they grow older. Um, especially going into the middle school age when your yeah. body starts to change. And I feel like that's when... And as you were saying earlier, we don't have judgment. Yeah. You know, we have judgment in terms of fight or flight. Sure. Like yeah. a, a bodily feeling of danger. But we learn that. Yeah. And there's that period of time that you're working with. Yeah. 
It's so wonderful. No, those years are incredibly important. And I think that, you know, so often we give up on these children. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've had great success working with kids in Watts, mm. Compton, mm. Um, who could have easily taken a different path. Mm-hmm. And I think that's special too because it's right here in our own backyard. Yeah. Like, and I, people, I know I forget it. You know, it's not, it's 10 miles away, 12 miles, like 12 miles away. Um, so. Yeah. Yay you. Yeah. And I mean, and I've been there many times and I've never been afraid. No. No. You know, never thought, oh, you know. But, um, yeah, it's just, um, yeah, I'm really proud of the organization and. As you should. Thank you. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I feel honored. I'm proud of you too. I'm proud of all of us. <laughs> Go us. <laughs> I like us. I do too. This We're is fun. Us. This is us. Yeah. I know you're working so hard. Do you ever take moments to yourself or, you know, ever have little like Lisa self-care days or <laughs> tips or you're like, no, that's non-existent. I'm trying. <laughs> your coffee in the morning. I'm trying to like do that um in the last couple of years i've also started directing oh cool so um i finished my first documentary and now i'm shooting I'm in the middle of shooting a, a, a murder docu-series sort of like making a murder oh fun. Uh, okay that's <laughs> that is her actually leave in the morning for new york um but um so i'm always working um that is the one thing that i should work on is to take more time for myself because I think the better me is the better giver. But I'm so lucky that um, I've been able to delegate Children Mending Hearts and I have such great employees because I think the key to keeping an organization up and running is to not suffer from founder syndrome Mm -hmm. and turn it over to others at a point when you're the founder because you really need to prove to yourself and to others that it's sustainable. So I think every founder at some point should step back and still be involved, but should let the organization run on its own. Mm. Um, Because then it's like, if you don't, they only want meetings with you and you only want to come to the fundraiser if you're going to be there. And, and, you know, our programs speak for themselves now. Um, I'm just icing kind of sometimes. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think with the directing and Children Winning Hearts, it's been um, quite a couple of years. Yeah. No, that's important because you're emphasizing this idea of, to circle back around to what Holly said. I mean, I know she was talking about community within the mm-hmm. kids, but also within your team. Yeah. So, I know that it's very selfless of you. Yeah. I mean, I think it's key, and I think a lot of founders are really afraid of giving up control, but giving up control is really powerful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. Yeah. Are you reading any books? Um, yes. Or do you have any favorite books that you would recommend? I'm a big book person, oh. so I always love. Um, I'm a cheesy book re- re- reader, so Me I don't really too. want to tell you. Oh, no, you can tell us. You don't have to, though. Um, I'm reading Fear right now, um, the book by Woodward. Bob Woodward. Okay. Um, my favorite book is Oh, the Places You'll Go by Dr. Seuss. Yep. Everyone loves that book. Everyone loves it. We've talked about this before. Um, So, yeah. I, you know, I'm really severely dyslexic, so Mm -hmm. um, 
I really do a lot of books on tape and mm -hmm. I do a lot of um, documentaries because I'm a real, it's really, I'll have to read a sentence like four or five times. Me too. So yeah, so I, um, and I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I'm, I'm kind of a visual learner. Do you um, have a documentary you'd recommend right now? Mine? Yeah, uh, is it on Netflix? How can we watch it? It's, 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 uh, we, well, we're 100% on Rotten Tomatoes still. Wow. Um, You're um, going to stay that way, <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. Well, we can't change it now. Um, it's called Serve Like a Girl, so I spent two and a half years with female combat veterans, which was really badass. <laughs> so it's really good. It's on iTunes and Amazon. I need um, to write this down while we keep talking. <laughs> and... Um, it's really, really cool. I had no idea that female veterans uh, went through all the things they do. I didn't know that they're our largest growing population of homeless in this country. Really? Um, and, um, you know, I didn't know that they lose their limbs and their lives in combat. Um, and, you know, they're just not treated the same as men, and they come back, and they're afraid to ask for help. and. Many times, you know, they end up committing suicide or turning to drugs and alcohol. So um, it was really an honor to spend, you know, two and a half years with these women. Mm -hmm. um, what inspired you to touch on that, to get into that side of things? Children Meeting Hearts was running really smoothly. Yeah. Um, I was having lunch with a journalist friend of mine um, who had spent a lot of time in Afghanistan um, with... Uh, military, mm. women in the military, um, and she was pitching me actually another idea, what I, which I wasn't really interested in, and we were actually getting up to leave the lunch, and she said, you know, there's this competition called Miss Veteran America, which helps homeless female veterans, and I was like, you mean like Miss America, but with like badasses, and she's like, yes, and I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Yeah, <laughs> cool. So the that next really day cool. I was on the phone, and I passed my girls, and you know, just started, I would just travel around the country living with each of them, you know, sort of every other week. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Good for you for making that story. Yeah. I mean, I really think that it's helped. Um, I think the doc has really sort of helped really wake up people to the plight of female veterans and how much they suffer and how little help there is for them and surprisingly our biggest audience is men like they mm. cry like babies and they love it so um yeah that's a really good documentary mr rogers great yeah, that was yeah. a great one um definitely um rbg, RBG? Mm -hmm. i saw that twice yeah. Yeah. in the theater i'm like i would happily see the third time i know it's now isn't it on it, it was on CNN, wasn't I it? Did, it, is, it did air yeah. on CNN, yeah. A good friend of mine did a song, um, which I'm going to help her shoot the video for, okay. uh, Diane Warren. Um, so, yeah, it's very inspiring. Yeah, I'm excited to watch yours. I have not watched it. You have so. to let me know what you think. I will. I definitely I will. will. I well, thank you, my dear. Thank it was so me. nice. Serve like a girl on iTunes. Yes. Everybody's Download it now. Download Watch it. it. Watch Go it. on childrenmendinghearts.org to see how they can people can get involved. Do all of the things. Yeah. All Absolutely. Things. Thank you. Thank you.